selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Others Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Dude, we have so much going on, but I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a twist on this one. I want to give a special shout out to someone. So are we cool with that? Yeah, go for it. Shout I want, it out. A special shout out to Matt Nelson. Daryl, you know Matt. Um, I met Matt a few weeks ago at the Outbound Sales Conference. And we struck up a really deep friendship. The only reason I want to bring this up as far as what's going on is he's taken a 21 day challenge on chapter 10 of selling from the heart and not being an empty suit. Love and he's it. promoting it every single day. It's just, it's a blessing to get to know Matt. Matt, thank you. I just wanted to give you a special shout out. Yeah, Matt, it is an inspiration. You are digging in and you're bringing other folks along with you on that deep dive journey, uh, which is actually very, very parallel with what we're going to talk <laughs> about today. Uh, but hey, I think that's great. And, and we'll be sharing your posts as well, Matt, and just get other people in on this 21 days of not being an empty suit. And that's what it's all about. And hey, by the way, if you are new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it selling from the heart. And Larry, uh, as we begin today, a huge shout out to our friends over at BombBomb. Again, it's bringing your faceless communication to life. It's sticking, I'm, only, I'm just going to say it, it's sticking <laughs> your mug in front of a camera and just letting it fly. We just have to get beyond the fear, beyond the fear with this. Yeah, and, and this is such a powerful way to communicate. It really obviously accelerated during the, the lockdown and when we were uh, stuck totally behind computers. But the reality is uh, communicating over video is an extremely powerful, effective, personalized way to communicate. BombBomb Bomb has made it easy. And not only are they giving you 14 days of free access to Selling from the Heart podcast listeners, but when you go to bombbomb.com slash heart, you're also going to get access to guides that can help you on that journey. And of course, if you don't have a copy of our friend's uh, book, Rehumanize Business, uh, Rehumanize, you got to check that out because that is a absolute playbook and manual that's going to up your game when it comes to sales. It's just, you know, the word that just comes to mind is future proof. We have to make do with the tools that we have available to us right now to do a couple things, help us grow our relationships, help us grow our sales and help to grow our influence out in the marketplace. I don't know what better way right now is to take all these tools along with video to bring ourselves to life. Yeah. So check that out right now. Bombbomb.com slash heart 14 days for free for selling from the heart listeners you're going to love it. It is going to help you become a savage leader, which is exactly <laughs> what we're here to talk about today. So Larry, let's introduce our friend Darren and dive right in. Uh, this, this is going to be, well, first of all, welcome, Darren. But before you meet some of the coolest people 
when you hang out on social street corners. And that was just a jab we were all talking about prior to recording this. But Darren and I met just not too long ago. And we struck up just an instant friendship and a conversation all around the core principles in his book, The Savage Leader. I know we'll be peeling this back. There's a couple that are near and dear to me. He's a he's a kindred spirit as we're both a California resident. So without further ado, Darren Renke, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Great to be here. Darren, this is going to be a fantastic conversation. But as we get started today, I'm really curious what the savage leader himself has to say <laughs> about what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? So, yeah, to me, selling from the heart is a couple of things. I think first and foremost, it's about really being clear to what your values are. It's like what matters most to you, not what do people, what do you think people want you to be or what you think you need to be, but who you want to be? Like, what are those things that really matter to you? And then it's about being authentic and true to those. And I think so many people have a really hard time. I know I did in terms of being truly authentic to what that means. But to me, I believe that it's about being clear on your values and then being authentic in the way that you approach people. And, and, and it's so good. And, and I think there's a lot of times just again, this is my opinion, Darren, there's an awful disconnect between that because let's th just get this out on the table quite often in sales. Uh, we worry about what other people think. And though we might go, you know, our values mean something, being authentic means something, then they can fill in the excuse. I know we're going to peel this back in the podcast with the internal beliefs and so forth. But I'm just curious, let's just peel this back just a little bit more. Where do you think possibly this whole disconnect might occur somewhere down that road? I'd, I'd just be curious. Yeah, in terms of the authenticity... <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say that the whole disconnect is you bring up the values and the authenticity and it's really knowing what's right. But where do you think, you know, people veer off to the right a little bit or they become disconnected with this? Yeah, so let me answer your question by telling you a story. So at least through the lens that, that I've experienced it and that for me, for so long, for much of my professional life, I just tried to be the smart Darren. You know, and I know when I published my first blog on LinkedIn, you know, to a, a highly curated group of people I'd met through my times at Accenture and getting my MBA at Berkeley, that I just was always looking through the smart filter. And I wanted to be the, the Accenture Darren, the Berkeley Haas MBA Darren, and not like the real Darren of, of who I wanted to be. And I, I think that's part of it, is I think we focus on so much of who we think we should be versus who we think we, who, who we really are. And that could be based on our own backgrounds, our experiences, maybe companies we've worked for. You know, I hear people like say, oh yeah, I grew up in so-and-so organization. That's definitely the words that people use from consulting companies or I sell using the insert company method. And mm -hmm. that's who they think they should be. But does that really resonate with them? And I think it's having the courage to really do what you think is right and what you think is best, but ultimately gets back to you. So I don't, that's, that's where I think some of that disconnect lies. I think that's so powerful because I, I identify with that. I was um, I was the salesperson that uh, wanted to sell based on logic and also sell based on um, achievement status. I, mean, I did the MBA um, and all of that, and not at Berkeley, but I walked into the room based on you know a credential and a persona that was from my company and not so much me. And if mm -hmm. you asked me back then, if I knew what my values were and who I was, I really didn't. I could can't, I could spout the, um, the corporate <laughs> values and give the, the corporate spiel. 
I think this whole concept of values, which is core to leadership, is also core to salespeople really discovering who they are. How do you how do you recommend people get started in really digging deep and, and figuring out what their what their values are? That's a great question. And anything that has to do with behavior change, or in this case, really getting close to understanding, connecting to your values, it requires three things. One is intention. Two is reflection. And three, where you combine that intention and reflection is action. So first of all, having setting that intention about, hey, I want to become more connected to my values. I want to be more authentic. I think that's it really starts from there. It's just like the ability to commit to that. And then it's reflection. So reflecting on what matters most to you. I think there's a couple ways to look at it. So Simon Sinek has obviously done a lot of work with Start With Why, but the idea of understanding like what are the stories that are most important to you in your life and then using those to extract themes. And obviously it's a long process that he talks about, but also I like to look at it from the other perspective, which is starting with a series of words. We have some worksheets we came across that says like a couple hundred values and you can say, all right, what are, what are 10 values? Then I'll call that down to five and to three. And if you marry those two things together, you can get a really good sense for what your values may be. But um, I think that one thing I think people make a mistake on is that they assume that values, purpose, comes to them in a flash of light through an experience. And yeah, does that happen to some people? Absolutely. They also ha tap happen to be the keynote speakers and the authors. So I think people think that it needs to come to them that way. It's this whole idea of, do you find your values, or you create your values? And I think I'm definitely in the camp, not think, I definitely am in the camp of you create those values. And, but it requires work. It's stuff that takes a lot of iterations. You know, I had a, a mentor of mine, Annette, who years ago, challenged me with what's the philosophy of your firm, which required me actually to go back even further, which is what's my own personal philosophy? What's my own value system and value structure? So it requires, it's a bit of a, a path. It's a bit of a journey, frankly, that is is updated and iterated over time. But that's, to me, I think a, a how-to in terms of looking at what are those stories that really are influential in your life? What are the themes and then using those as well as looking at some other values that you may have missed to really narrow in on what those values are that matter most to you. First of all, this stuff is absolutely golden. I do have to admit, I feel a little out of place here, right? So on the screen, I'm like, sir, I'm, I'm dead center and two guys that have MBAs. And I, don't, I mean, I don't even know what an MBA, you got an MBA stands from for. The I, University I, of Hard Knocks, Larry. <laughs> you, got, you got a street absolutely. smart PhD. No, but uh, I applaud you for what you're saying, because there's, Darren, there's a wide variety of listeners. I mean, from the most tenured of tenured listeners, all the way down to people that are just entering the the, the workforce as salespeople. And I think mm -hmm. if, if there's anything that we can key in on, and, and maybe we can peel this back just a little bit more as to where would somebody start? Because this, these are the things that I wish I would have been taught and coached in my 20s, as opposed to figuring it out in my 40s. And now into my fifties, where, where does where does somebody start who's who's entering the sales force and, and they're they're listening to this podcast and they go, hey Darren, this all sounds great, but I need to focus on quota attainment and I need to focus on just making a living for right now. I like what you're saying, but how do you coach somebody along just to get them to think a little bit different along these lines? 
Yeah, great question. And I tend to be, and this probably comes from my background as a consultant, is that I'm always looking for action. Yeah, I appreciate the the reflection, the self-awareness, all those things. But I think that those things can happen in parallel. So I, I totally get it. You sit there, you're a, a new salesperson or a sales leader, and you have a quote at it, frankly. That it doesn't matter if you do all this reflection, you have an ironclad set of values. You don't hit your number, as you know, it's you're not going to probably last long in an organization. You're going to find yourself looking for a job quickly. So I think it's it's separating those two things out and knowing that it does require some reflection and some more time to come at those values and to really uncover those values. But so I think that's it's two things. And then trying to look for ways to integrate those values more and more over time, just in, in terms of values of, of how do you just work with people, how you engage with people, you know, whether it's about humility and humility could be a value or it could be about growth is trying to look for opportunities to live those more fully in your life and your career. But maybe the next step is saying, okay, I lead a team now and I want to really bring those values to the life, to, to the values of our team. And so maybe you create a, a team charter type of document where you say, here's what our, the vision and mission of our team is, but here's the values that we stand up for or stand behind. And here's how we're going to actually live those values. Here's how we're going to bring them to life. Here's how we're going to have authentic conversations, for example. That may be something. Here's how we're going to really stand behind this concept of growth. Growth for our customers, growth for our teams, growth as individuals, and really being clear on what that could mean. And so those are a couple ways of how you could think about it. But I think it's important to, to start to test these things and to start to look for ways to layer them into your career. Because... You're right. I think people may say, well, gosh, that, that's I got to hit my number. I got to develop my team. I got to make sure my team hits their numbers. I don't, I don't have time for all the superfluous values conversation, but I think it's it's doing those things in parallel. And that's what I talk about in the book, The Savage Leader that you mentioned, which is there's this parallel internal journey that we go on as leaders, whereas most times, most books, most courses, most keynote speakers talk about these externally visible behaviors. But there's this parallel journey that goes on underneath at the same time that I think is actually more important and more powerful, but it kind of actually applying that same idea to what you're talking, which is, Hey, externally, I got to hit my quota, but internally I'm working on what are these values? What are the stories that create these sets of values and how can I live them more fully in my life and my career? I love that. And, you know, if you think about selling and you think about the selling is influence leadership, some people have said is influence the, the topic of leadership, it, in parallel with the topic of sales is extremely relevant and salespeople are leading uh, people all the time. They just aren't doing it inside structured organizations or doing it inside these kind of on the, you know, buying teams uh, assemble and um, kind of pop up and, and you got to lead in this, this uh, very fluid environment. In other, in other words, in some ways, sales professionals have to lead in more challenging environments than most formal leaders in a lot of ways. And that's where I think what you're saying about salespeople understanding their values, really taking that deep dive uh, and bringing that into their style with how they lead, how they influence uh, their clients, their prospects. It, this is this is huge differentiation work and, and huge part of being authentic. Um, We've talked about values uh, when you're thinking from the perspective of a savage leader, which, by the way, I love the title of the book. It is so cool. Everyone's got to get you just you have to get the book, not only because you want to read it, 
but you want that thing sitting on your desk. It's <laughs> cool. I want to be a savage leader. I have a feeling that this is the type of book as well. A lot of our, our listeners are going to want to get and gift uh, to some of their, their companies. Anyhow, I digress. As a savage <laughs> leader in sales, in addition to digging deep in your values, what are, what's another, um, another thing from the book, uh, Principle of Savage Leader, you think applies to sales professionals? I think the big thing, frankly, is putting yourself out of your comfort zone and just recognizing that where the growth happens is when we're uncomfortable. So if we're mm. sitting there in our chair, we're doing business as usual, that's fine. You don't have to face the risks of, of what your customers say or what the marketplace might say. But it's those moments of discomfort that can really push you out of your comfort zone and to grow and get better to, to try a new way of engaging with a client or a prospect, to try a new way of selling, to look for ways to be more impactful to the people in your network and, and tapping into other, uh, other suppliers, other vendors that may allow you to triangulate in there and to get more referrals. I think it's really the idea of embracing discomfort. And I give a lot of props to salespeople because that's a tough place to be. And to get back to what you're talking about before is you have so much fire. Like you have this just constant pressure. I just think about you make your quarter and the next day you start over, I guess you're not towards your year, but just, it's this constant pressure, this constant clock. And I found that coaching some sales leaders, it's challenging for them to actually take some of those, take time for developmental conversations with their teams because they, it's like, they feel like they don't have it, but it's, it is an investment in their teams, an investment in the organization. But I just wanted to give a shout out to salespeople because I recognize that it's an incredibly hard place to play and probably harder than many roles and functions to actually take the time out to focus on this other internal journey that we're all going on is, is to become great leaders. And, and I think this this is why this discussion, I believe, is so powerful because, you know, we talk about change. And if there's anything that, that we can all agree on, at least for this conversation during the podcast, is changes everywhere, Darren and Daryl. There's constantly change happening on a daily basis. So, you know, here, here's what I'd like to collectively think through as sales professionals and leaders is, you know, if the marketplace is consistently changing, if your clients and the buyers are consistently changing, if we're not willing to change along the way and try new things, then it becomes difficult, especially in the times that we've been through, you know, during the pandemic. And now as we're pushing through this is this is where I believe the inner work that we do and constantly honing in on the values that we bring, how we connect to our clients, how we connect out in the marketplace is ever so critical, but it's the, I go through it. I'm sure everyone's gone through it. It's the self-limiting beliefs and it's the stories that we internally tell ourselves on why we can't do something that prevents us, I believe, from being even greater than we are. Wow. That's a big one. Self-limiting beliefs. And that was actually a, a big driver <laughs> of, of part of why I wrote the book. And because I had this self-limiting belief from college and I took some literature classes and I struggled with analyzing what, you know, the Kafka's of the world meant in the metamorphosis and things like that. And what I realized is because, because that was a struggle, I thought that that meant I wasn't a good writer. I couldn't be a business writer, frankly. So I used the process of writing this book. And once I started committing to people that I was writing it to friends, to family, to clients, to some of the Navy SEALs that I do a lot of volunteer work with. But once I told those guys, hey, I'm writing this book, I was pretty committed to doing this because I wasn't going to say I was scared <laughs> of writing and publishing this book. But for me, it was I had this limiting belief that was just rooted in something that didn't really make sense. And I think the same thing goes for all of us is we have these stories, whether it's 
I didn't go to a, a good enough school. I didn't, you know, I didn't um, work at a blue chip firm. I'm not ready. I don't have the right experience. Whatever those thoughts are that come from other people or, yeah, I'd say kind of a, you know, spoiler alert. Most times those come from inside your head. I mean, in fact, most of them do. Right. I mean, no one told me I couldn't write. I internalized some relative struggles in these literature classes in college that I couldn't write. And I think that's so important. But we got to really look at those things and look at them like, where does that come from? Is it, is it even true? What data supports that? But then how can you replace that belief with something else? And for me, I like to actually force myself, just push myself off the cliff, so to speak, and see if I can fly in terms of challenging myself to doing something I didn't think I could do. So for me, I started telling people I was going to write. I was, start, I was really 10 toes in, if you, if you will, in terms of committing to writing a book and then publishing it. Ooh. <laughs> That's a whole nother matter because yeah, you commit to writing it, but now I'm sitting there on the Amazon marketplace about to submit or publish. And now you're opening yourself to the court of internet opinion. And like, what are my clients? What are my colleagues? What is this curated network I've just built throughout my whole life? What do they think? They think Darren's crazy. Like, what, what is this about leadership? All these, you know, stories from a, a whole range of people. And so I think it's, I force myself, I challenge myself when those beliefs come up, but I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not then these beliefs come up all the time for me, especially in the middle of the night. I think that uh, it's so powerful <laughs> just to realize that your biggest accomplishments in life are often on the other side of these self-limiting beliefs. And um, I, I, the way you talked about your writing belief being something that just kind of slipped in there um, just, just because bears you know it just gets me thinking how many self-limiting beliefs are in you know inside me that just slipped in over the years um where do where do you begin to identify some of these coaches on that for a moment i think it just starts with recognizing that we all have them everyone mm -hmm. has them i don't care you know people that may be so um, I don't know, narcissistic is the right word, but they're so incredibly self-confident. We all have them. There's always these doubts and just being aware of them, that they exist and owning the fact that they exist, but also just keying in on looking for clues. Like it's a thought in your head, a doubt when someone says, Hey, I'm thinking about you for this next promotion or, Hey, do you want to go lead this project? Or can you go and lead a, uh, you know, a delivery or a sales presentation to a, a new client in an industry or a, it's a company that's a, a level above you've never sold to before. And you start to get those thoughts in your head. Listen to those, listen to those mm. tapes, if you will, to use more of a eighties reference or a you know, digital file, if you will, now for the millennials <laughs> and Gen Z's, but like re really pay attention to those, but also what are they saying? Is there some truth to it? You know, what data supports it? And, and most time there is no data, but hey, what's to say there is? Maybe you need to grow and improve is, is build a plan to actually overcome those things. So the things that are not true, flush those and move past them. Challenge yourself to push yourself out of your comfort zone to, to tackle some of those beliefs. But if you do have some gaps, go develop, go learn some new things, go get a mentor, go get a coach, go read more books and, and try these things. Because I think there's so much that we can do to grow and improve and self-limiting beliefs are just such a, an anchor to our growth, but also use them as fuel for growth. So take that negative and flip it around and, and be a positive. It, it's uh, wow. Come hang out with me for five minutes, Darren, boy, we got lots to talk about. And Daryl knows that it's like now, now, you know, Hey Darren, now you know why that we podcast, this is like Dr. Phil and Oprah moments. This is like virtual <laughs> laying on a couch therapy, but you know, I, I I still want to just drill on these self-limiting beliefs because, you know, 
I'm just going to come clean on this because um, I I think a lot of people go through, quite frankly, what I go through is we can acknowledge the self-limiting belief. We can acknowledge it. We can hone in on it. We know exactly when it happens. But then, okay, now how do I fix it? What do I replace that self-limiting belief with? in order to push through it. And the only reason I'm bringing it up, it's I'll let everyone know that's that's one of my things I deal with all the time is I could I can acknowledge the self-limiting belief. I can hone in on it, but how do you replace it and move on? I'm curious. Yeah, I think it's it goes back to reflecting, but I, th- I I'm a big believer in mantras too, you know, just in terms of is focus on what that, that change is, that replacement is, you know, I'm a good writer. I'm a good enough writer. I can provide a message to the world. There's going to be an audience for my message. You know, for me, I said at the beginning, if I help one person, it'll have been worth it. I hope I've helped more than one person given the the time I put into the, to writing and publishing the book. But I think starting with something small that can really replace it and use a mantra. I think also, some of the things that I've learned from these, whether it's a miracle morning or different people who journal, but um, when I journal, one of the things I do is not just new ideas, but just getting out some of that mental trash, just because there's these things in your head. That's like on a, on a Monday um, or Tuesday, whatever day of the week it is, I get up really early in the morning and I'll do a few rituals and different things that I will do, but on a regular basis, but then, but journaling is a big part of it. And sometimes it's just getting out the trash, just getting out some of these negative thoughts you have about yourself. And that really helps. And then to your point about replacing it is, is look for what's the positive side. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good enough writer in my example, you know, look, I, maybe I haven't sold to the fortune 500 in life sciences, but Hey, gosh, I'm a pretty darn good salesperson in the mid market in tech or whatever it may be and replace it with something that's positive, but also something that's real too. And use it as a way to drive you forward and it starts to, to, to crack some of these self-limiting beliefs and just start to flush them and just get them out of your way because we all have them. And there's such a major anchor to our growth and development and our success and our happiness ultimately. Hey, Daryl, you know what? Th- th- this is so spot on because the day in the life of a salesperson, it's tough, right, Daryl? Yeah. It is just brutally tough. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be flushed. And there are a lot of opportunities <laughs> to uh, to have some of this stuff stirred up. That Darren, this has uh, been a fantastic conversation. Tell us tell us about the book and um, and why why you think it would be a great read for sales professionals. I have an opinion, but I'd love to hear it from you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. So, as I mentioned, and you've mentioned as well, it's, it's about the internal internal journey that we go on as leaders to become great because so much of the focus is on the externally visible behaviors about becoming a better decision maker, being able to project vision. Well, of course, those things are important. I do believe that that internal journey that goes on about how we understand and anchor to our values, how we become more authentic, how we connect with our group or our tribe in a meaningful way, how we foster greater senses of, of patience and perseverance. And then what I like to call the triad of self-limiting beliefs, if left unchecked, become doubts, which become fear. And all of that stuff happens for all of us as we're on this journey to becoming great, whatever that may be. We all have different definitions of great. It could be about being the number one salesperson in a territory. It could be becoming a transcendent leader in an organization. It could be just being a, a great teacher or a community activist or a great parent or a great friend or family member. So it's all of these to become great in whatever way you define that it does require an intentional focus on the internal journey as it pertains to salespeople. I think that 
if you can really be values driven and authentic, I think it's going to go a long way towards becoming a more effective salesperson. But as you mentioned, the day in the life of a salesperson hearing no after no after no requires perseverance, but also patience is, gosh, I'm just, I'm not quite there yet. I still have to learn and grow and do new things. And the idea of lifelong learning, that's another one of the big principles in the book, but then fear and limiting beliefs and doubts is how do you level up to become a 10 X salesperson and to really just blow whatever you thought was possible out of the water and to do something different? Like, what is it you have to grow and do different? How do you challenge yourself to do that? How do you flush some of those beliefs? I think it's just the internal journey is as relevant for salespeople as for anyone. It's just, it's just about how you become great as a leader or as in your case, a salesperson. Okay. This is golden stuff, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Totally golden stuff. Yeah. Darren, thank you so much. And I know this is going to be the topics of this book are going to resonate through selling from the heart for a while. Thank you for, um, overcoming your self-limiting beliefs and writing the book. Uh, first of all, big time, congratulations. That's huge. And on top of that, thank you for sharing your time with us today. This has been fantastic. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Larry, oh. what a I, I just I sense here that we just got launched in a direction uh, that I know for myself. I'm I'm guessing for a lot of people in our audience are going to send us on a, a deep dive journey uh, that is actually going to we're going to find a lot of really good stuff in this journey. What what a great conversation today with Darren. Yeah. You know, as, as I just reflect back, just right here on the spot, it just always, this always happens is, you know, during selling from the heart team reads, because the first third of the book so aligns with what Darren was saying is Mm -hmm. quite often we'll get salespeople and say, you know, Hey, I, I think I understand where you're going with this, right? The inner work, but how is this going to help me become a better sales professional? Rewind this podcast and listen to it again and listen to it again. And you'll soon come to realize that the journey to becoming a great sales professional starts with the journey that you take to uncover who you really are. Yeah, absolutely. And and so that's our challenge today is take that deep dive journey. I recommend you get a copy of Savage, uh, the Savage Leader, and you you start going through this, you know, but you can start right now with journal and starting to craft values. If you have them, take a look at them and, and, and wrestle with them. If you haven't thought about your values ever or in a long time, do it. And let's start recognizing together these self-limiting beliefs. Larry, I have a feeling that this is going to be a topic of conversation in the insiders group as well. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be working through some of these self-limiting beliefs together. So let's commit, let's commit as a community to identifying our values and and tackling some of these self-limiting beliefs. How about that, Larry? No, it, it, it's, it's so critical because it, it's the whole connection part of this. It's not only connecting to yourself, but leveraging you, right, your values, your internal values. You know, a lot of times there we talk about the alignment of values. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you aligned your values and you married those with your client's values, you married them with a future client's values, and you brought your authentic self to the forefront. Mm-hmm. I promise you this, you would change the course of conversations like that. Oh, it's amazing. Well, hey, once again, everybody, thank you for joining us. Thank you to our friends at Bomb Bomb for help making the Selling from the Heart podcast possible. And thank you to all of our new listeners, those who are leaving uh, reviews as well on whatever platform you listen, whether it's through YouTube, 
through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, insert podcast platform here, <laughs> would you be kind enough to leave us a review? It helps us spread the word uh, as we're building this movement of authenticity in the sales profession. And also thank you to you, Larry. This is always a pleasure. And I just am so proud uh, and excited about the community that is formed around Selling from the Heart. Yeah, who would have thought about four years ago that any of this would happen? So I'm blessed to hang out with you. I'm blessed to call you as a friend and I'm blessed to have you as a partner. Thank you. Uh, Likewise, back at you. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, craft your values, identify your self-limiting beliefs, and most of all, sell from the Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.